This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right, guys, welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points. I'm your host, Blake Level. With me, as always, my co-host, Dylan Reagan. And uh, Dylan, you know, we always say there's something going on in the NFL. Well, not really been a whole lot going on in the NFL the past uh, week or so now. And, um, you know, news-wise, there's always stuff, as we know. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people are starting to look ahead because, as you and I have joked about this month, like, it's almost July, and, you know, the preseason is starts in August, so it's not that far away anymore, and um, we know, you know, once the season starts, not only are we going to be doing our previews and everything for each division, uh, making our early Super Bowl picks and all that stuff, but we're also going to be talking about fantasy football, uh, yes. because it is something <laughs> we talk about throughout the season, and um, so we decided, well, there's not a lot, you know, of note news-wise. Um, so, what if we look ahead to the fantasy football season now and just give some early thoughts maybe on where things stand? And uh, as we know, um, you can really go down a rabbit hole when you start doing that this early because there's so many players, as we know, um, and there's just you know so many possibilities of kind of where things go heading into the season. But at least at this point, most rosters are pretty much set. We know what we can expect from um, especially you know the top fantasy positions and all that. Um, so it's, it's kind of interesting to look at it here in late June and start to get a feel from what, what kind of drafts are going to look like maybe starting in July. Yeah, there's only so many players that are still free agents that eventually will have fantasy impact and some guys like an Adel- Odell Beckham Jr. that aren't going to be available at least until November, it looks like. So like you said, there's yeah. maybe two more names. Um, uh, we still got Julio Jones still as a free agent. Wow, can't believe it. But yeah, outside of that, I mean, like you said, most of these rosters are already set. This is good for me personally because I usually wait until sometime in July until I start doing my fantasy uh, prep, uh, but just to also limit because I feel like sometimes I think too much about it, and if I if I do too much thinking about it early on, it's gonna mess things up. But in this way, it's a good just to, to get you know refresh on it. Like you said, it's not that long until training camps are gonna be here. Got the email from NFL Communications with all the all the reporting dates for training camp. You're like, oh wow, this is only less than a month away for some teams. Um, so might as well get get going here. Start thinking about. Uh, at least have some things rack around in your brain so that when you are making those decisions on the on the draft, maybe you'll remember one little stat or one little uh, key that you kind of already looked ahead to uh, back in June. So yeah, it should be should be fun. I'm excited to uh, try this out here. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, like you said, it's um, you know, obviously fantasy drafts and stuff have changed your mind a uh, hundred times going into it. But um, let's start looking at some of these players. And what we've done is. We're going to kind of base this into three different groups, and some guys we'll talk about and say, look, this is clearly where this guy is defined in this group as of right now. Uh, meanwhile, there are going to be some other guys where we have no idea maybe where to put them at this point. But we kind of <laughs> broke it down into three different categories, maybe fantasy sleepers, guys who are overrated, and we're talking about from a, an ADP standpoint, so from where they're being drafted, we think maybe they're a little bit overvalued at this point right now, and the guys who could potentially break out, and obviously we'll, we'll kind of explain the difference between maybe a sleeper and guys mm-hmm. who just have big breakout seasons. 
Um, so uh, I think it's you know interesting to start maybe at the position that's of course I think when you look at the value we always kind of start with the running backs and um, you know it is one where I think the consensus as it stands right now is that Jonathan Taylor is, is going to be the guy for most people when you're talking about the number one uh, overall pick this year I think it's just to me it's yeah. pretty clear cut I, I don't really know that there's a lot of other options you turn to you know, whereas maybe in, in recent years you could have made the case for let's say people looking at, at a Christian McCaffrey um, you know a Derrick Henry I mean there are other guys Alvin Kamara mm-hmm. you know guys like that and we we kind of made that argument at times but I, I think it's pretty clear cut that Taylor is your guy um, now certainly he's not going to fit in any of these three categories we're talking about but <laughs> That is where things start. And then I think that's where things get interesting because, you know, there are some guys in this group, Dylan, if we're talking about, if we specifically look at the top 10 running backs um, based on ADP right now, there are some interesting ones I look at here. Now, you know I'm never going to say a bad word about Austin Eckler because he has led me to multiple fantasy championships in recent (laughs) years. uh, And I don't think he's overvalued at all because, to me, that offense is only getting better. um, And he's only going to continue to be a part of that. There are some guys I'm interested in here. Najee Harris is one of them. Um, maybe just because I don't know what that Steeler offense is going to look like. We know like he's going to have to be a guy that you know is leaned on quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, but and I think that's where you know volume, right? Like that's what we're looking for. And there's no doubt that he's going to be someone that they're going to rely on a lot. So I wonder. To me, like it could go both ways for him. Either even at like a five to seven range, maybe he's being undervalued. But I also think it's like, man, what if they just get in a position where everyone knows that maybe their passing game is not what you think it's going to be, and they're just loading up and just really making it hard for someone like Najee Harris. So I wonder about that. Um, you know, some other guys, I think you look at, I think Nick Chubb was a very interesting case because, yeah. you know, and I guess that's newsworthy, right? Because of Deshaun's watching situation and all this other stuff. I don't. I think if I think I'm in a position where like I don't want to know if, I don't know if necessarily Nick Chubb is overrated. Maybe that's too too high to say. But man, I don't. I think I'm kind of staying away from that situation at the moment because still I feel like with that offense, you know, I guess like specifically if we're talking about PPR, right? Like he's not going to be a big part of the passing game. Like you kind of know that. Um, I still think they're going to find a way to use Kareem Hunt in different situations. Yeah. I'm not. I don't think he's a. You know, what's he down there? I'm looking for him. He's in the 30s uh, in terms of where the running backs are ranked right now. But I just think those are two guys to me that I find very interesting. Najee Harris, um, from a workload standpoint, is going to have no shortage of opportunities. Um, and then I look at someone like Nick Chubb, and I'm like, okay, he's also a guy that we could have looked at in recent years and made an argument for in the top one or two picks, maybe. Yeah. Um, now he's down to 10. And I think they're going to be better because they have a better quarterback, but I still think it's an interesting dynamic there with the Browns' offense. Yeah, and his value also depends, obviously, what kind of league you're in. He probably dips down out of the top 10 if you're at full PPR, maybe half. He's still got close to the same uh, ranking there. But like you said, with the Browns in general, it's just... It's just tough to know, it's, and it's the same reason uh, Alvin Kamara's, uh, at least on the list I'm looking at, uh, Fantasy Pros is listed at 10th in terms of his um, expected ADP from the running back position. I mean, there, it's a huge thing if you don't know for sure if the guy's going to be on the field with uh, the potential for him to have a suspension to start the year. Obviously, not Chubb himself, but what the Browns' offense, is it going to be Jacoby Brissett? Uh, potentially is uh, the latest reports you're seeing out there that he could be the guy to start the year for Cleveland. I mean, we already... Yes, this offensive line for the Browns has been so good. They've been able to do so many different things. But 
when a team is able to really key in on you uh, running the ball and and as you mentioned also the, the volume question he's been so reliable so routinely able to get uh, yards outside of or above the expected amount uh, given every single play even with the good blocking he's had but those those blows add up and then and unless the Browns do trade Dearness Johnson or Kareem Hunt uh, potentially more uh, I think Dearness would be the guy that would potentially be moved but as long as they have all three of those there's no reason for them not to to have some sort of rotation and especially on passing downs and that's where the ADP or uh, you know with the PPR and the half PPR leagues you wonder if his value is a bit lower than that looking at the group behind him uh, the potential guys that could be maybe fit into the idea of that we're sleeping on them a bit. Uh, I was pretty high on DeAndre Swift last year. I don't know how if I'd really qualify him for that. If I'm going deeper on the sleeper option, I'm looking at maybe J.K. Dobbins from the Ravens. I thought yeah. when healthy, he looked fantastic. I think that offensive line, they've, they've added some some uh, depth there. They had some injuries and some issues there last season. I think that uh, just in general, the Ravens offense is going to rebound well in the second half of the year. And while Lamar, early in the year, he was uh, you know one of the top passers through the first seven, eight weeks before they started having the injuries and his own injuries and different things started happening for the offense. But I think you know at their core, they're still going to be running the ball. Yes, Lamar's going to take some of those touchdowns himself. But I, I really think that's a guy that potentially – it, by the end of it, we look back at the season, and you're, you're, you know, you mentioned guys like Nick Chubb that are going to be maybe in that range, and Najee Harris, where they could go up, could go down, and then, but they could be close to someone like Dobbins. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all as, as he'd be a decent sleeper option in terms of Najee Harris. It's a tough one for me too. It's different than obviously the situation in Cleveland, where it's not really about necessarily the people on the field um if they're gonna even depending on what Deshaun ends up happening it doesn't sound like he'll be out there um for Pittsburgh it's just that offensive line was pretty brutal last year it's not like he's playing in front of an offensive line that gave him a ton of chances to succeed and even last year with Big Ben there's a lot of times where it's pretty predictable run plays where Najee would have to, to pile forward, and he did a decent job getting a similar. Not, you know, no one's really been on Chubb and even like a Derrick Henry's level in terms of their yards above expected, based on the blocking and different things that happened. But Harris still did decently well uh, with that, and I just I do worry about that offensive line and just overall what's going to happen there. That that high usage rate, you're right. That something you should definitely take into account, but. It's uh, it maybe a little more evaluation needed at this position because even like you're saying with uh, in, top, in past years with uh, maybe more of a conversation now the number one pick it's obviously Jonathan Taylor but man there's even you know with McCaffrey's uh, you know at times even if they're fluky injuries inability to stay on the field just also that offense what what's it going to look like in Carolina you know maybe they do trade for Baker but what does that really mean for them. And then, obviously, Derrick Henry struggled with some injuries after not really having any for most of his career until last year. Uh, it's just like it, it, there's maybe the last season at this time I felt really good about the top 10 running backs. And, like, you know, I was like, no matter where I am in the draft order, I'm going to get a good guy. Right now, I, I just have the question marks, not about necessarily the players, but their usage and then also their situations if they have a high usage rate. They're, Jonathan Taylor is the perfect blend of usage and uh, predictability in terms of what they're going to be able to do with that offensive line. And, uh, you know, you've seen Matt Ryan in the few times he's had good running games really succeed pretty well in Atlanta. So just overall, he, he's like the one sure thing. And then after that, that, that area, like you mentioned with Nick Chubb, Najee Harris, I don't know. I, I, I'm more looking down maybe at some of these other guys and feeling like there might be some some players that uh, are going to be able to pop up that list. And I think definitely Dobbins is one that I initially think of. If he's fully healthy, I know that the, with the Rams, Cam Akers maybe gets a better shot. They 
they don't bring back Sony Michelle. They they did draft the running back, but he uh, Kyron Williams. He I forget exactly what bone he broke, but he he'll be back for the season. But nonetheless, just less time with the team. I think Cam potentially having a full healthy off season did not play particularly well in the playoffs after coming back. Uh, at a sane at an insane timetable from his torn Achilles, I do think he's a guy that's 16 on this uh, ADP list. He's the last player in fantasy pros's tier three of running backs. He's a guy that I could see 100% when the Rams' offense line is moving, how they want to uh, be able to run the ball and different things they're going to be able to open up uh, with the passing game for that run game. I just think that he's a guy also that's going to get some passes to uh, a guy that they like to throw uh, the ball to out of the backfield. He's one that I could see along with Dobbins potentially really outplaying their ADPs as they stand at this moment. Yeah, you said it best about the top 10. I was going to say that earlier, but you said it much better. Like, this to me feels like the most unsure top 10 I've seen in several years. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I can't say that anyone outside of, like you said, even McCaffrey at three to me is, I mean, look, and Derrick Henry at four, I mean, you know, the Ryan Tannehill situation, their offense, I don't think got much better by getting rid of A.J. Brown. Yeah. Um, so I don't, yeah, I mean, I think Taylor and Eckler feel great about those two guys. Yeah. Um, but I, even beyond that, like, I think there are question marks more so than maybe we've had. Uh, I think Dalvin Cook, you know, should be fine, but I don't think he's necessarily, you know, he's not in the, the same offense that he was before, and, and they'll probably yeah. open it up a bit more. Uh, so, but he'll still be involved. I, I can't say, I'd even maybe move him up a little bit. Um, I don't know that necessarily he should Again, I'd probably put him in front of Najee Harris at least right now to me. Um, but you know, but then you keep going down. You're like, like you said, Kamara. I mean, there's questions there. Uh, even Fournette, you know, with the Bucks, I think. But still, you know, that's one that. I mean, Saquon Barkley. I, I'm just, I'm staying away from that. Like, I just, yep. you know, again, there's just, there's a lot of questions, and that's where I think you can find some value, as you mentioned, someone like Dobbins. I think of Brees Hall with the Jets, who's probably going to be their lead back. You think that team's getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've seen kind of all the reports out there. A lot of people kind of eyeing him as a sleeper. I think there's value because I just don't know that Michael Carter's the guy. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's Hall who winds up being the guy there. And as we said, I think they should be better, um, you know, as a team. I don't, you know, I don't think they're going to be putting up 30 points a game or anything, but uh, I still think that they could probably be in a pretty good position there. So. There's an interesting group uh, there in the middle, but I just think this running back position is a little bit more unknown than maybe we've seen uh, in recent years when you kind of look down at some of these guys that are kind of in that same spot. So, um, so yeah, I think there's, you know, you could put a lot of different guys, you know, in different spots here. I'd certainly put Hall and, and Dobbins, you know, certainly in that sleepers or breakouts, mm-hmm. whichever one I think both probably can classify uh, for either. You know, if you really go deep down the list here, I mean, I'm going down the list, and I don't, I don't really see a lot of other guys to me that just stand out. And I think David Montgomery is an interesting one. He's at 18 right now in terms of mm-hmm. ADP, but I think he could be much better. But I also think that it's the Bears' offense, and even, <laughs> you know, with the change, I, I still don't know because I think a lot of that depends on Justin Fields. Um, so, yeah, man, I, that, that's why I think your draft strategy is going to be interesting this year because, you know. <laughs> It's funny too because we'll transition to talk about the wide receivers in a second. But like, I I think you're if you get beyond those top several guys running back wise, I think there are, there are questions 
uh, and maybe more questions than we've had at this point, and than we maybe in recent years for some of the guys that are behind that group. Yeah, it's un, it's unsettling to say the least. I'm <laughs> looking down the list even further, and it's like, yes, even though I have the un, the questions about that top ten, like you're saying, there's still questions for the next group. So it's like you can't. It's not like you're going to be in a position where you have a maybe a, a later first round pick and an early second uh, when the, when the draft snakes around and then you're able to so kind of push back and look at that range of 11 to 20 because there's a lot of guys where, yeah, I, I feel like if he stays healthy with uh, Brian Dable, Saquon Barkley could be pretty exciting, but has he stayed on the field all that much? Not as much as we'd hoped. Javante Williams maybe uh, is a guy that uh, last year had a lot of hype and did not, fantasy-wise at least, live up quite to it. Um, uh, but again, like you feel like, yes, with Russell Wilson there, things should open up a bit. That offensive line, solid enough. He uh, should be able to have some more production. But it's just an uncertain – yeah, there's just a lot of a lot more uncertainty. And as I always have pitched whenever we talk about fantasy on here, try to have your commissioner have the draft as close to the season, like it, literally right before the season, not just for injuries, but also not that you need to like – yeah, not that the preseason gives you a great idea of someone's production level. There's tons of guys that are, are amazing in the preseason that you hardly hear of in the regular season. But just in terms of figuring out what the plan is and what uh, how these teams expect to, uh, especially with these, some of these new coaches, as we mentioned, almost almost a third of the league with new head coaches, how are they going to be deploying their, their players? What how, how often do we think their usage rate is going to be? How healthy are these guys going into each year? So, man, it's uh, like... I. I just want to have belief in, like you mentioned with Dalvin Cook, he's a guy that I feel pretty good about getting. But um, and you should still feel good about some of these top few guys, like obviously Derrick Henry and Christian McCaffrey. It's just can they all stay on the field? Can as you know the Titans going to look a little different? Uh, we'll see how they adapt without AJ Brown in there. But in general, a team that's going to still run the ball a lot. But we saw them have some success uh, even when Derrick Henry was injured with that offensive line. Are they going to just maybe try to manage his carries a bit more after year after year after year of just pounding away with 30-plus yard uh, rushing attempts per game? I just don't know if that's a smart strategy uh, with Derrick Henry long-term. And there's not as many guys where you have that uh, feeling of they're going to have the usage rate as high as you'd like it to be. It's just not a lot of dependability. I think Joe Mixon's another one where I, I think of him almost in this on a, just behind Dalvin Cook, but a guy that I'd feel pretty yeah. pretty dang good about okay. in that range. Yeah. Um, I know these aren't these aren't exactly sleepers or guys that are dropping, but someone that just overall in that range where I feel pretty good about his uh, his value. Guys that I, you know we. As we kind of make it more about the positions right now, and looking at as we talked about, guys are maybe a little overrated. ADP was I do worry about um, Leonard Fournette as high as he is, at least on my on a standard draft ranking. I have him as the twelfth running back. I just I don't know. Uh, it's a team that's going to be throwing the ball still a ton uh, with uh, still with Byron Leftwich there as the offensive coordinator. I I just I don't know. He that seems pretty high to me personally. But again, it's not like the group right behind them like I, I feel like when the when the Cardinals ran the ball well or just stuck to the run they're actually a pretty a good team running the football and James Connors value should be higher but you just never know what game it's going to be where Cliff and decides to throw the ball 50 times or they have to because they're trailing so it's a lot of factors David Montgomery's one also you mentioned him I I have no faith in the Bears' offense, not because of Justin Fields, but as we've talked about, their their weapons that they have at the receiver position are lacking. Their offensive yeah. line has question marks, and as we saw last year, it takes one, two injuries, and that offensive line is 
really bad. I just, it's not, I, you'll, you'll, this is not an uncommon uh, thing, uh, idea out there, but like a lot of people speculate, what would David Montgomery look like in X offense? Like there's just so many, he's so fun to watch and when things are going right there in Chicago over the course of his uh, pretty, you know, still early NFL career, he's looked amazing. And he's a guy that's, uh, you just, you feel like if he was in the right offense in the right situation, he his value in fantasy would would jump way higher than 18th on this running back list that I have here at Fantasy Pros. But, man, he, I just, I cannot, I cannot for the life of me trust the, what the Bears offense line have. I feel better, like you said, about Bryce Hall potentially there. He's at 20th for me on, on this ranking. I I think the Jets, you know, not necessarily going to be a team that I think is going to jump ahead of, uh, you know, all the really solid AFC uh, contenders that we have there. But overall, they, they keep adding to the offense line. They keep adding weapons. Just... I and still believe in what Mike LaFleur is trying to do with that offense. And uh, I do think that he potentially will be a guy that will look back at him and be like, wow, that's he's definitely more maybe you could say, I wouldn't say breakout because he hasn't played yet, but more in the sleeper range uh, of our of our list here. I think he has a lot, a lot of potential um, to outplay that uh, current ADP. I'm looking back for one more guy to try to give uh, you guys about. I mean, maybe maybe with Doug Peterson and he stays healthy, yeah, Travis Etienne could be a fun player. Uh, he's at 24th right now, and he's in a range with guys that you just don't – you have a lot more uncertainty about, especially like Miles Sanders is down this list. I, I feel like with how well we saw Gainwell play last year, I just don't know what that uh, – in general in Philadelphia, they just – they love to spread it out, as we saw last year's like three running backs at any given point doing well. Just all these other guys in this range, I think that Etienne has a pretty decent chance to to outplay that EDP, even if it's not like a, a guy that's going to skyrocket the top 10. I could see him at least being a top 16, 17 running back by when it's all said and done. It just needs to stay on the field. But I, I trust, I feel a lot better with Doug Peterson in charge of that offense than I have previously. Yeah, I would, I would think so too. Um, that would be my guess. I think that you would at least have a little bit more um, confidence there in that. Well, we could spend a lot of time on the running backs. Uh, yeah. Just like I said, it's a very fascinating position. But uh, going to the wide receivers, I think there's also some interesting discussions there. Cooper Cup, uh, I think consensus number one for sure. Coming off the last uh, season, I will I will draft him in any possible scenario that I have <laughs> to draft him. Even going in knowing that he's probably not going to put up the numbers he put up last year. But um, still, I think that he is very clearly mm-hmm. uh, he's someone I I jumped on immediately when he like was it three three or four years ago like whenever he came in I was like yeah, yeah. you could tell pretty early on this guy could be great and certainly last year um, you know kind of defined that for him but I mean listen you've still got a great group of wide receivers here I, I don't this is again where you look at wide receivers like I feel okay with the top ten probably even going beyond like to the top twelve yeah. of the wide receivers as I look down this list. Um, I don't really have a lot of doubts about any of these guys, but there are some changes, and there are two in particular we're going to talk about because Devontae Adams now goes from the Packers to the Raiders. Tyreek Hill goes from the Chiefs to the Dolphins. Yeah, Significantly different um, catching passes, and, and this is not a knock on these guys, but you know, let's be honest. Um, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, um, and Derek Carr, great quarterback, but not Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Um, you know, to a lot of questions, not Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So when you look at these two guys in particular, I think it's pretty clear that Tyree Kill is going to fall a little bit further than Devontae Adams. Right now, three uh, ADP for, for Devontae Adams, seven for Tyree Kill, which, to be honest with you here, Dylan, I think, I think Tyree Kill is a little high for me. Um, 
they've got a lot. I mean, you look at the group, right, of the receivers, the Waddles there. Um, I still think he's certainly going to be involved, and I think that's where you put your confidence in the, in the coaching, knowing that they're probably going to find a way to really keep Tyreek Hill maybe as involved as he was with the Chiefs. But it comes down to the quarterback, and you just have a lot more questions quarterback-wise for Tyreek Hill now than you did ever before. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I think I still, with Devontae Adams, he's, he's what, he, his average ADP right now is, what, about three, three and a half, I guess, is kind of what the number is on that. I think that's fine. Yeah, I, I I would not be that. Like again, I, I think that's okay. I still don't have a lot of hesitation when it comes to Devontae Adams, but I have way more hesitation with Tyree Kill. And I think it's also because when you really looked at some of the numbers, you know, he had a great season last year, but he's still like he's still the guy I think, and probably more so with the Dolphins. Like he's the home run guy um, mm-hmm. versus maybe be someone who's going to catch it 12 times a game and I think that's especially maybe going to be the case with the Dolphins but maybe I'm wrong maybe Tyreek Hill they, they use him in a way where he winds up being you know the top two one of the top two receivers but I think I have a lot more questions about him going into this Dolphins offense than I do Devontae Adams going to the Raiders offense yeah 100% I mean it's it's as simple as Derek Carr is even if he's not one of the top 10 quarterbacks he's definitely a, a pretty dang quarterback one of the better quarterbacks that's not in that top tier that you can definitely win with uh with the right situation and the only thing for Devonte, i guess compared to the past few years in green bay is the the number of weapons that he's going to be oh it's a good thing for the raiders offense but uh, you still think that waller and renfro is going to maybe cut in a little bit to the the number of um passes he sees um i don't know if his i don't think his target share is going to dip like insanely far i still think he's going to be the main featured part of that offense but yeah i i I can see why at least on i'm looking at the with the ppr now at at fantasy pros uh, the receivers go cup justin jefferson jamar chase then Devontae. i think that that top four i'd feel fantastic about any of those but i think that list is almost exactly where i'd have it maybe i maybe i'm just a little i maybe put jamar a little higher i know that he's had some games where he he doesn't perform, but then other games he basically wins you the the, the matchup just by uh, all by himself with his production. But yeah, Devonte, I, I have way uh, fewer questions than Tyree Kill. Where yes, maybe uh, he's clearly the number one receiver, but and maybe he they put him into uh, you know trying to get him just feed him the ball more. Almost, I mean, we saw at the end of the year Jalen Waddle's target share was insane, um, but that could also just mean Jalen Waddle's target <laughs> share stays insane and Tyree Kill's the, the the deep threat, obviously. One of the things that has come up over this offseason with some of the podcasts Tyreek has gone on uh, with, uh, I believe, with his agent, uh, Drew Rosenhaus, they talked about uh, his being a, a little bit upset with his target share. So maybe that is something that Mike McDaniel has to take into account. And you know, just even if there's shorter passes, you know, especially in a PPR or a half PPR league, those things can mean a lot. But there were also some stats with Tyreek last year. Um, his, it was his lowest at dot, so his average air yards uh per uh, target were down to the lowest since his rookie season um yards per route run uh, was a career low uh, yards after the catch per reception career low just all things that maybe are a little concerning i'm not thinking that tyree kill is going to just fall off but i can see why at least on on this ranking it has in that next range after adams it has Diggs, cd lamb uh right ahead of tyree kill but i'd still maybe take a couple few more guys that are behind him on this list just given that uncertainty and 
Um, just not knowing for sure, you know, I, I do, I'm excited to see what Mike McDaniel does. And I think he's going to create a, a, a QB friendly environment for Tua by all means necessary. But I don't know if that, that maybe limits some of the, the deep passes that are going to Tyreek Hill. And if they are happening, what's the, it's not like Tua's necessarily been the best quarterback on passes over 20 yards. So, um, I, I maybe dip him a bit. I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd say he's overrated ADP wise, but, uh, maybe by a little bit in terms of where I would actually, end up drafting him whereas Devonte, i feel firmly that uh, i feel really good that he's going to stay in that range even if he's not yes he doesn't have aaron Rodgers, but he still has uh, i think mcdaniels is probably going to make him a really big featured part of that offense we've seen when new england has had top receivers over the years with mcdaniels as our offensive coordinator those guys have put up some pretty huge numbers obviously with tom brady as their quarterback but nonetheless um i think that the raiders offense is in a good place and it's it's going to make it as much as um i mentioning the other targets having a potentially a negative impact on his um on the number of uh looks he gets from from car at the same time it might limit the number of times teams can double team Devonte. maybe it even makes him a bit scarier so yeah, yeah. i think it's going to be uh i really do still feel like he even if he's not going to end up as the fourth highest uh a fantasy performer at the receiver position I, I feel good about him like his floor for me is still pretty high whereas the floor for Tyreek it's not like that low but it's definitely uh, lower than a top 10 ADP what do we think about because I think you know Jamar Chase is at four T Higgins is at 12 I think I'd move T Higgins up in the top I think both those guys yeah. I, I don't really see much of a regression if any at all like from these two and I know again we talk about sort of I just think with Joe Burrow under center, I, I think the Bengals are still they're going to put up yeah. points, and I think both these guys. Let's say right now, if we're again we're looking at fantasy pros here, if we look at the group of let's start at, like I said, even Tyree Kill at seven, and we're mm-hmm. talking about just ranking wide receivers, Tyree Kill at seven, Ceedee Lamb at eight, AJ Brown at nine. That's another interesting uh, one there. Maybe how his value changes. Um, I don't know how much AJ Brown's value changes though, because he's going from. Ryan Tannehill to Jalen Hurts, and nothing against either of those guys, but I don't think you're putting them necessarily in the top-tier yeah. quarterbacks um, in the NFL, so I don't know how much of a change there is. Keenan Allen is at 10. We know him. Keenan Allen is just going to – he's going to catch as usual, yeah. you know, whatever, and, and he'll be just fine. Mike Evans at 11 and T. Higgins at 12. I mean, I, I think T. Higgins, we talked about the – what was the target share last year? I think he had, he had better target share. Uh, or what was the target rate per route? I'm looking at the yeah, yeah. pros here. Mm-hmm. It was higher than Jamar Chase's, so – um, and I just think both these guys are still, again, you're not going to put them as breakout sleepers or overrated, but we talk about confidence level, and I think that's where you are, like, at this point. You're starting, to me, like, at this point in the summer, you're you're identifying those guys that, yeah. okay, I have full confidence in if I get in a situation where I'm like, all right, maybe that guy that I was starting is not there, but these guys are there, 100% you're taking them in any scenario, and I think that's where... You know, again, I think we always have to go back to, like, you have to think quarterbacks, too, here when it comes to wide receivers. Like, who yeah. are they playing with? <laughs> and and that's what we just talked about with the conversation with Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill. But it's Jamar Chase, T. Higgins are playing with Joe Burrow. And I know they're at 4-12, and 12, which is still very high. But, again, I, I'd even move T. Higgins up a bit, I think. I think he's probably, I'd probably put him ahead of someone like Mike Evans, maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, that kind of thing. Again, we're, not, we're splitting hairs here. But, um, still, I just – I think for anyone out there who's don't overthink it. No. <laughs> when it comes to when it comes to two guys like this, do not overthink it. Like if either one of these guys are there in any scenario, 
I think you're you're taking Jamar Chase or T. Higgins uh, for sure. Yeah, I, th- I agree. I think both of those guys I'd feel really good about. I think T. Higgins, I, I just marked him down for our, more of a breakout potential because he's yeah. already pretty good. But you could see him being the guy that by the end of the season, we're like, wow, this is one of the top five, six, seven fantasy receivers in general yeah i i think with the bengals their offensive line uh addressing some of the concerns there this offseason um it's only going to make things life even a little easier for joe burrow and that's only going to lead to to more yards for those guys um i don't see as much as maybe they'll uh they still are a team that likes to run the ball and still going to get mixing his looks um it's just a team that has that depth that uh, tyler boyd is the guy fantasy wise that even though he's not a, a a top fantasy option i think all fantasy fans that have t higgins or jamar chase should be huge tyler boyd fans because he's the reason your guys are singled up all so often it's just the depth that they have of weapons in cincinnati it makes it really hard to defend those guys it's essentially like they have two number one receivers with how higgins especially over man the super bowl obviously uh, notwithstanding the the, off, the miss offensive pass interference call but that game that the, the plays he made in the afc title game there are just tough yards and big conversions against the chiefs i mean i think higgins only his confidence started growing and the, the man was a menace down the stretch so i'm really excited to watch those two maybe you uh, uh you mentioned briefly keenan allen i will say this is one of the things we always talk about the phenomenon of with the quarterbacks here you have to really look at the the, the top quarterback rankings and where you think those guys are going to end up and be like all right someone has to catch those balls and i think that uh, one guy that's uh, i'm going to maybe say i don't know if he's a sleeper or breakout based on how he's performed maybe maybe he's a sleeper because he's so uh, a little bit lower on this list but i think a similar situation with a, a really good young quarterback is that are the chargers and you mentioned keenan allen and yeah. uh, I think by the end of it, you'd probably, if I, I haven't clicked in the quarterback rankings yet, but I'm imagining Justin Herbert's expected numbers are not that far off, maybe ahead of Burroughs. And he had, Burrow has yeah. two, his top two options at, at, you know, Jamar Chase, either three or four range. And then you mentioned T at, in the top 11, 12 range. I mean, Mike Williams, at least on the, the PPR list I'm so looking at, is yeah. 23rd. And yeah. I, I think that's a guy that for sure they addressed some of the issues they had on the right side of their offensive line. Uh, this is still a team that has a ton of weapons as we've talked about but maybe not the the full amount um, in terms of the depth of the receiver position necessarily even though they have obviously Eckler is going to catch a ton of passes out of the backfield but I think Mike Williams uh, similar usage to uh, what uh, we started seeing Cincinnati do with T Higgins guys that are just ball winners big dudes that you can just rely on especially in the red zone to just you know, you know, no matter who's guarding them, they're just going to out-muscle them to make a big play. Really, uh, you know, as we've talked about, the Chargers did a fantastic job getting that Mike Williams deal done before uh, before all the, the receiver deals uh, blew up uh, on the market. But I think he's a guy that, uh, just in the same breath of, of these young quarterbacks with really uh, great receiving options, I think his value is uh, definitely one that I would, I would bump up from 23, maybe not to T. Higgins' level, but I still think Mike Williams is going to end up having a really big year. And I'm obviously... Just like every year, uh, we fall we fall for the Chargers, but I don't know. This year, I, I really am excited to see what that offense can do. All right, there's a couple guys before we move to the one guy. I think that I am, and it's you're going to see a theme here um, when we talk about this guy in a second. But two guys in particular, I see kind of in that range with Mike Williams. They're a little bit further down. Marquise Brown mm-hmm. goes from the Ravens to the Cardinals, and I think he goes to someone who's a better passer. Um, and maybe he's one of those guys that's going to take a little pressure off. DeAndre Hopkins, knowing that everyone's still going to focus on DeAndre Hopkins. I think that can open up some things for Marquise Brown. We know him. We talk about home run threats. Like, there's no doubt. That guy, he's a 23 right now. I think volume may be the one thing you're just, you're not really sure on yet, but I think 
it's potentially a better situation yeah. for him. Um, you know, just being in that offense and knowing how they're going to use him. I think that's when you circle as a really big possibility of, again, I don't know how much further he's moving up necessarily, but, you know, if we look up at the end of the season and both him and DeAndre Hopkins, let's say, or, um, you know, I don't know. I think that's an interesting one to think yeah. about. So um, that's an interesting one, like I said, and we're looking at, I'm looking at just quarterbacks kind of uh, where they're at here. Uh, and, you know, I guess what it's, he's ranked 23rd on the list of quarterbacks, but um, I think he's being taken around, what is it, uh, 57, yep. I'll say somewhere in there mm-hmm. overall. Corlin Sutton, our guy, we talked about a couple <laughs> years ago. What a breakout year he had, right? Like he had such a big season, uh, but then the torn ACL kind of threw everything off a couple seasons ago. But now the man has a quarterback. And <laughs> I mean, I, again, he's a little further down. It looks like 62 overall, 26 in terms of the list of, if you're ranking them from a, um, wide receiver standpoint, I can't help but think that there is a possibility that that they are going to establish a connection. I don't know, you know, I don't know if you compare it to Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, anything like that. But to me, I really like the potential upside there of Cortland Sutton, knowing what he's capable of. Yeah. We talked about it, like he was a superstar, um, you know. But then I think whether it was injuries, just inconsistent play under center, he couldn't really reach that that point that he did before. So I think those two guys are very interesting kind of in that range. Um, you know, you're talking about different situations. that they're, they're different, each of them. One goes to a new team. One has, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL coming in. Uh, and so I think that's a, a very interesting situation there. I'll throw in a third guy here. Um, Dylan, it's got to be our guy, Allen Robinson, who finally yep, yeah. gets in a situation yes. who, I mean, we've talked about this guy time and time again. Um, we just, he just never could break out. And every time anyone suggested to me, you got to take Allen Robinson when he was the Bears, I'm like, no, I don't, and I can't <laughs> because there's no way I can trust their offense. But now he's with the Rams. He's down here at 71, I think, is the the overall um, right now in terms oh of ADP. Thirtieth on the list of wide receivers. Yep. Again, if you're if you're wanting to roll the dice here, and I don't even think it's really rolling the dice. I think you're just looking at it like we said. Look for teams who are going to put up points and teams that have good quarterbacks, checks all the boxes. And this guy has time and time again been one of the most underrated from just a, a performance standpoint, I think, in the league. For him to be all the way down here in this spot, ooh, that's what I'm really thinking about too, even though, yep. because again, we know what Cooper Cup did, and everyone else knows what Cooper Cup did. Robert Woods isn't there anymore. We talked about, you know, Odell Beckham's not there, like, I think a lot opens up for Allen Robinson maybe in that offense. And if Odell does end up re-signing with the Rams, as we already talked about, he's not going to be there until yeah. probably November. And at that point, I, I just overall with uh, with uh, Allen Robinson, yeah, very excited just from the Rams' point of view. But just think back to some of the receivers that Matthew Stafford has had in Detroit, some of the big targets, the Kenny Galladay's. Obviously, we're not going to compare we're not going to compare anyone to Calvin Johnson, but some of these guys that he's had in Detroit that are bigger targets. The Rams offense definitely didn't have as an option last year. They almost kind of used Odell in, uh, on this in this situation in the red zone and, and did a fantastic job with it, but he's a very different receiver than Allen Robinson. His catch radius is insane. His motivation from everything uh, I've seen uh, as he came into this with the Rams team and how excited he is for this year, to, as we've talked about for years, just wanting to get him into the right situation is this the david montgomery of receivers i don't know about that but in terms of that kind of uh, how we've talked about him yeah i really think as much as cooper cup is going to be 
still the, the number one guy. I mean, and he's, he's really hard to guard even if you double team him. But that there's still going to be probably teams that will just straight up double team him. We saw it in the Super Bowl how much it opened up things for Odell before his injury. I just think, yeah, Allen Robinson's a player. Uh, again, you look at these uh, quarterbacks in the in the top 10, 11, 12, however, whatever range of QB expected points. Like, they got to come from somewhere. And as much as Cooper's going to have his production, I think – Robinson just fits well into what the Rams want to do. Uh, there's a reason they went after him with what they fits uh, some of the past connections that Stafford has. I just think that there's a there's a decent chance with the what's going to be going on there that by the end of the year Robinson's going to easily outplay that that ranking of wide receiver 28 to 30 range. Um, one more guy uh, I was looking at the quarterback list while we we're while you're talking there that, that is the top quarterback option right now and it's Josh Allen and he only has one receiver that's anywhere high at all. It's Stefan Diggs. Man, I mean, it's it maybe a lot of hype after that three touchdown or four, however, four touch, three or four touchdown game against the Chiefs. But Gabriel Davis at thirty-five on receivers. I mean, I don't know. They're, the connection he has with with Allen, I think that guy's going to easily I'm outplay that. I've been wanting like uh, last, uh, you know, he's a guy that I just I, I feel like this year has a chance to be a really big part of that offense again and i think just his uh usage rate that the, the bills are just seeing over time it, it, this guy just continues to prove himself and it's that connection with josh that i think is going to be a reason that he jumps up the board so uh you know he's only how many spots seven five spots behind Allen robinson uh on this r- yeah. wide receiver list but i think those are two guys and really good offenses and we'll get to see them in week on uh opening night in week one two guys yeah. that have a chance to uh to really outplay adps one of the guys on this list quickly Devonte smith i think with some of the with some of the you know bringing in aj brown and obviously just the evolution of that offense i think his usage rate I mean, he was getting double teamed a lot. He was making plays against tough coverage. I think the idea that he's going to be not guarded by the number one uh, corner every single time uh, the Eagles go out there, I think that's another guy in this exact range where, yes, maybe I don't feel as good about you know Jalen Hurts from a fantasy point of view in terms of uh, passing the ball. I know he's going to probably still have a really high rank because of how often he runs and gets in the end zone, and as he should. But I think Devontae Smith is another guy. I, this range of tr- like 30 to 40 receivers, there are some – Good names, man. I've got uh, one more. Yeah, here's yeah. A tell me. I'm gonna give Let me you know. Tra- Traylon Burks. I'm telling you, he's going to finish yeah. in the top 25. Right now, he's at 38. A list of wide receivers, 89 overall. He's look, and it's it's interesting because he's he's at 38 on this list of wide receivers. Robert was at 39. Remember, we're just talking about this receivers yep. list. Um, numbers wise, Burks being taken a little bit ahead of Woods, but those are your two top receivers for the Titans. And again, I don't love Brian Tannehill either in terms of the production, but I think Burks is, and I'm not as good to go as far as people saying he's the next AJ Brown, but I think there yeah. are a lot of similarities. I think they're going to try to use him the same way. Mm-hmm. And when you look at his numbers in college and kind of how that's going to translate, it's very similar to yep. what kind of Brown could do for them. And I think Burks could wind up being maybe not top, maybe even top twenty. Yeah. Um, because I think that's it. Like that's all they have. Um, and again, I, I'm not knocking Robert Woods, but we always say you have to, you know, it's a different offense for him too. And he's coming off a torn ACL, and I'm just I'm not so sure yet until I maybe see it how it's going to play out. But um, I think Burks is, I think he's a can't miss. Yeah. I, I'd put him at the top, maybe near the top of our list of whether it's you know sleepers breakout. I, I think that he is near the top of that list at, I, this, at this range. I think he has to be. I'm yeah, no, I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, maybe still a little uncertainty in terms of i just uh obviously coming in like you're saying they're going to use him at that same 
clip. I just, I think AJ Brown's just a monster. But I think, yeah, at 42, I mean, yeah, as much as Tennessee is a team that's going to be relying on running the football, that are not even reliant, but it's going to be the the focal point of what they want to do offensively, and it sets up their play action. I think uh, these guys are too low. Um, I I think, and I'd probably take at least on the list I'm looking at. Burks and Woods are back to back. I'd probably look at Burks still, like you're saying. I think they're just going to try to use them in, in that same vein. This is this is too far down the list, man. Um, I, I, I it's crazy to think about, but again, yeah, just overall with these receivers, um, a lot of upside for some of these guys in this range. And I think yeah, Burks is definitely if you don't get out some of those other guys, he's right there. Take a chance for see what he can do, and don't want to be the you know the guy that feels like they took somewhat a safe maybe someone they thought was a safer choice in this range. I don't know if there really is, but I think Burks definitely has a ton of potential there in Tennessee. Yeah, I think so too. So I would put him. Right there um, in that group, too. Like I said, there's receivers. There's a We can have a long discussion on those um, for, for sure. But, uh, Dylan, you want to cut it off here at running backs and receivers? Because I feel like we yeah, covered so much ground. Good. We could yeah. almost do, like, a part two and go into, like, looking at quarterbacks and some of the other yeah. um, guys, maybe, you know, <laughs> tight end position. That Let me just tell you, tight end position is not going to get its own episode. <laughs> uh, it, will, it will be combined. Maybe that's what we'll do on the next episode. We'll combine go. the quarterbacks with tight ends and we'll also look at um you know some of the defense and, and that kind of stuff and, and maybe kind of single out some other guys uh, maybe that we think of going into the next one but, but we covered a lot of ground with the running backs and wide receivers uh for sure so consider this part one of our <laughs> way too early look at the uh 2022 fantasy football season in the nfl and yes we will plan for the next episode we'll look at the quarterback situation we mentioned some of them uh but we'll yeah. talk about some of these guys particular um, you know, there are going to be some guys stepping into some different places now. Um, and we'll talk about maybe the situation uh, for some of those and, again, some of the other positions uh, as well. But for now, Dylan, um, lots of stuff going on here as uh, we do get ready for the NFL season, which will be here before we know it. Uh, and uh, baseball season, uh, big weekend for your Dodgers, uh, <laughs> Freddie Freeman, uh, you know, coming off of a, a series against the Braves. But, a uh, lot's happening right now, and I know everyone can find it over at Clutch Points. Yeah, you can follow all the Jesse Winker updates on him. I don't know if you saw the story of the Uber uh, or someone uh, post-mating yes. a pizza to him after he got thrown out of that game and how now there are a lot of donations and uh, tips have been sent to that driver. An amazing story. You can read all about that at Clutch Points in the MLB section. Follow all MLB games in our app. And then, yeah, obviously M- NBA season ending a little over a week ago, but still tons of coverage of free agency is about to be starting. So tons of stuff in our Clutch Points app and at ClutchPoints.com on the NBA, looking at all the free agent scenarios, following all the Kyrie Irving rumors and drama. And then, yeah, NFL side, we're, we've been looking at uh, potential X-Factors, or a, a little early look at um, some guys that might be almost in the same vein as these breakout players or even sleeper X-Factors that could uh, pop up on every single team. You can find that series at ClutchPoints.com as well as the ClutchPoints app. And then, yeah, all of, all of our news coverage will still be going through uh, – everything that's happening uh seeing what uh, goes on still with every day it seems like there's a new update on the Deshaun Watson situation so uh we got all that covered too so yeah tons of stuff and I know you said way too early look but man I'm telling you the the crazy (laughs) fantasy the fantasy the crazy fantasy uh community I mean they never sleep they are are on this they they're looking at this stuff year-round so this is probably right about the the time when we should be looking at it Listen, I still think the golden rule is do not do your drafts until the preseason has been played. That is always my rule. Um, I just think otherwise you get an injury and everything is uh, thrown off. So um, I will continue to push that. So for me, it's early because I don't want you drafting until August uh, because otherwise you get a running back and goes down in the preseason and 
um, your team is, is done for. So, uh, but we hopefully gave you a, a nice group of potential candidates uh, to look at uh, if you are starting to really do your research uh, on your fantasy stuff um, thus far. And again, be sure to check out everything else at Clutch Point. And as always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, any podcast that you use. Search for Savage the Past. And uh, thanks as always for listening to the podcast. And we'll talk to you next time here on the Savage the Past.